Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, Stories and Sermons for the Journey. It's a channel of blessing and encouragement for beloved friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We bring you stories of good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom, and the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. Beloved listeners and friends, I am your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and I am very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded in 2011 by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yami Cruz in Jovianos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as directors and chief connection makers for the U.S. branch of the ministry. Together, we have a great team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants who are dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. We pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons, reflections, and our testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Throughout their ministry, Pastor Jose and Yami made it their habit at regular intervals to pray for guidance and then to choose a single word that would be utilized as a point of focus in the church for an extended period. Most often this begins with the intercessory prayer team going into a season of reflection beginning in November and that culminates with an agreement as to what terminology will serve in the new year. For our purposes today, I'm going to invite you into this message with that understanding and suggest that the season ahead for you doesn't necessarily need to be a new calendar year. I am posting the message at the end of February after all and it's a little late for Happy New Year. As you hear these words about a word that can serve as a spiritual guide, I want you to be encouraged and look forward in the next weeks and months that await uh, and pray about how it might apply to your life. And as I'm writing this today, it occurs to me that Ash Wednesday is this coming week, March 2nd, and the season of Lent leading up to Resurrection Day is a pretty appropriate time for this particular word to take root in your life. The sermon you're about to hear is from our founding pastor, Jose Santiago, and was originally written a year prior to the birth of La Santa Antigua. I think you'll discover that the message is timeless. So, beloved listeners, with all of that in mind, today we invite you into this teaching called Holiness from my little brother, Pastor Jose Santiago. Each year we have a custom of starting our preaching with a word, a word with a vision that can guide the people in a general sense. And we always love it when God will use his word to reveal to us where it is we ought to focus. Because it is from God that the vision always comes. It's to God that we owe all things. Now you might remember that last year the Lord gave us the vision of obedience. The, the key to success and victory for his people will be in obedience. And maybe without understanding what we would see in the future, sometime later we could truly see what God had been saying to us in many circumstances. He reminded us that what we need to do as his children was simply obey. Well, several days ago, my wife Yami had a dream. It was a calling from God to align ourselves even more with his purposes. And lately, the Lord has confirmed to us that his vision for the people in this year will be that of holiness. Hear these words from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he had led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And so Moses thought, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight, why the bush doesn't burn up. And when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. 
Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. In the narrative here, we find a calling. A, a calling that God has given to this man whom he will later make the leader of the exodus of the people of Israel from slavery. This man was chosen by God from birth, raised in the courts of the Pharaoh as one of the princes of Egypt and trained as a warrior. He felt compassion on those of the oppressed people of his home country, and as he attempted to help, he was then forced to flee into the desert, spending 40 years as a shepherd, which would prepare him for his ultimate work. And when it seemed he'd finally had all that it took to be a leader, God calls to him, and within that calling, he calls Moses to something even more. As God calls Moses to a new mission, he also calls him to a new understanding and way of living. He calls Moses to holiness. Why? It seemed obvious that his 40 years in the desert had left his character well-formed and ready for the task. What more could he need? Well, what he needed was what he would not only grow to understand, but ultimately recognize as essential in carrying out this other calling for the people of Israel. And that was to be made holy. But what does it mean to be holy? I mean, what is this thing called holiness or sanctification? Just what is this all about? Well, the Hebrew term used here is Kadesh, which points to the perfection of God and its opposition to sin. However, when we apply it to humanity, it has a different sense. Uh, the way it's used here means to be derived from God. The Hebrew root word in this context is kadash, which means to be set apart for something. So the idea of holiness or the holy ground is to say that an object or a person is set apart for God. And so then the idea of being sanctified is to be called away from the rest of the world for a divine use. So why do you think God's putting this particular calling on Moses? Why does he say, stay back and take off your sandals? It's so that Moses can understand the level of holiness that he will need to face the Pharaoh and convince him to let God's people go. From a human perspective, and certainly a spiritual perspective, we can see something of an answer to that question in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 12, verse 29, when Jesus says, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Moses had to face not only Pharaoh and his sorcerers, but the powers of darkness that operated in the people and in that nation. In other words, Moses was going to be involved in a spiritual war. And to confront Pharaoh simply as a man, well, Moses already had the credentials, but to prepare Moses to confront him spiritually... God was calling him to sanctify himself because this was the way that God would fight for Moses and the enemy would have no way to touch him. This was the way Moses would bind the strong man, so to speak. Now you might ask, Pastor, how is this? When there's a man or a woman who is set apart and lives in holiness, you see, God surrounds him or her with his care and his protection and his blessing. As we can see in the case of Job, here in the first chapter, verses 8 through 10, it says here, The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. <laughs> Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household for everything he has? 
You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. You see, if the enemy finds something in your life, a, a gap, then he's going to strengthen his attach for that place because it's a weak spot. But if he finds no place to penetrate, he will have no way to destroy you. Then sanctify yourself. That's the vision for this new year. Because you are called spiritually to conquer, uh, to take the land that God has promised you. But within that calling, he makes you a call to sanctify yourself. It's curious that we should see this call to sanctification in Exodus 3.5. Because looking ahead just a few books, we can read something very similar in the book of Joshua chapter 3 verse 5. To prepare to take the promised land, it says Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And in doing so, they were able to enter and conquer Jericho, the most fortified city in that region. But in disobedience to God, they took forbidden things from Jericho. And because of this, later, when they tried to take the city of Ai, they were defeated. It happens that sometimes God wants to work wonders in us, and he can't because he can't find holiness in us. And we won't separate ourselves from him. We walk instead according to our own ways and our own way of living. And honestly, life with God doesn't work like that because God would just rather not use filthy vessels. He looks for clean ones, vessels of honor. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the ancient path. In Ancient Path Ministries, our greatest hope is to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. We want to see people set free from what holds them captive and offer salvation in Christ to people lost in darkness. We want to live as examples, the oaks of righteousness planted to display God's splendor. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you'd be interested in becoming a Covenant financial partner or just contribute to the work of the ministry, I invite you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we are back. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Paul is teaching the young pastor Timothy, and he says, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are his. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. When you build a house, what's most fundamental? Foundations. And the word tells us that the foundations built on God are firm. They, they don't move. But you can imagine the foundation of a house that's constantly moving. That house is going to fall down. But the house built on God's foundation also has a seal. The seal from ancient times told us what it was marked with was important. That it couldn't be violated or transferred once the seal was placed on it. And we remember on the stone that covered the tomb of Jesus, the Romans applied a seal. Today, you see seals or marks used everywhere in clothes, articles that are manufactured. Almost everything has a registered trademark. And this trademark denotes its quality. When we want good clothes, we look at the mark. We check out the branding. For you and I, once our lives are sealed with the Holy Spirit, the precepts of God in us shouldn't be violated. 
So let's ask ourselves a question then. Does, does God know you? Has he marked you? I mean, what's your seal? What's the quality level of the brand you carry? You high end or you clearance rack? Paul goes on in 2 Timothy 2.20. He says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. The times that we're living in, these are times when we are yearning for revival, for liberation, for authority. But God tells us that first, you, you've got to come to terms with your adversary. It's, it's not that you have to be afraid of him or you don't have to bow before the enemy. It's that you live your life in such a way that he doesn't have anything to hurt you with. That he can't find a way to get between you and God's holiness at work in you. Psalm 93.5 says, Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. And I want you to know that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as such, it is fitting that there be holiness in us. Friends, God is calling you, his people, away from all iniquity, sin, and everything that comes from the world and can contaminate you. Everything that tarnishes the name of Christ, it comes from a root of evil. So now here's a very important question. Will we all have the holiness that God demands of his people? Because if we do, then what is happening in our feelings and our way of acting and our coexistence and how we show ourselves before the world, even within our church congregation and with our attitudes, people will see it. Is that your desire to be to be made holy to be set apart from the things of the world to to be set apart from sin i mean you remember what sin is sin is everything that comes from the world that can stain or or make you dirty and and speak against the name of christ right but when you're holy when you're set apart for god your life your house your job your marriage your mind all of those things but set aside for god right in this way, you are apart from sin, and the enemy has no way to gain advantage over you. You are surrounded. You're surrounded by that hedge, you're surrounded by the Lord, and then you have the authority that you need to bind the strong man, and then you can conquer. And so, to finish up here, I want us to look in the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. This is starting at verse 14. The word says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See, see that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. And even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. I want to emphasize some things here in verses 15, 14 and 15. Don't allow anyone to stop you from reaching the grace of God that is the prize and the evidence of your salvation. And make sure that no roots of bitterness sprout up in your life. If either of these things is happening, then be careful. It's not a good symptom for you. It's of the world and not of the kingdom of God. The Lord is calling you to holiness and away from the practices and thoughts of worldly people. Take off then what is dirty and what is not pleasing to God. 
And instead of taking on and practicing the habits of or walking in the footsteps of the world, as the writer says, seek peace and seek holiness in your life and in your community of faith. And just as God said to Moses back in Exodus chapter 3, God is speaking to you today. And he says to you, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. So may God's word shape us more and more into his holy image that we might bring a powerful witness to our community and to the ends of the earth. Amen and amen. Thank you, God, for this word through your servant, Pastor Jose Santiago. And so, beloved friends, this brings us to the close of today's episode. So thanks for joining us. Once again, be sure to check out our website, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. This is Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. We look forward to seeing you next time. Que Dios te bendiga mucho. Go be the church.